Hello friends. Welcome to Conversations That Matter with myself Mbui Shadrack. Today, I'm talking to one of my favorite human beings on earth. In this first episode, I actually thought let me get this person and talk to him because he's actually one of my favorite. I actually have goosebumps because he's such a superstar who is so humble that I'm not even sure that he realizes the magnitude of his name. Let me tell you who he is. He was born in Mpopo Hamasemola. He attended the National School of the Arts where he studied speech and drama. This is according to the Arts Ghana website. He landed his first TV role when he was only 11 years of age and he has not looked back ever since. He has presented shows like The Model Show, Your TV Hot Kids, Crazy E, Knock Knock and Shiluva. He rose to stardom with his highly acclaimed role as Yankunene on Jerusalem. My guest Feda conceptualized and executively produced the softer winning show called Mikasi Sukasi. He has also played roles on Generations, South Africa's most watched soap at the time, and Mutual Friends to name a few. In terms of film, he has Othello Burning which got him the AMA and AMVCA awards nominations, Ayanda which streamed in on Netflix in 2015 and currently streaming in box office film Freedom which he wrote and co-directed. He was recently appointed as the head of development at 1010 Films. He's a producer and actor, a filmmaker, a director and Mr. All-Rounder. His name is Jafta Mamabolo. I call him a superstar and he says he's just a kid with a dream from Hamasemola. Before we come into the show, let's start this show officially. Have you ever wondered how those who make it through adversity and uncertainty do it? Well, wonder no more because we have just the right answers. This is a podcast that is specifically designed to answer exactly that question. Welcome to Conversations That Matter with Mbuyi Shadrack. Sit back, relax and listen to the stories of change because this is where your greatness is within reach. Hello. Abu Dijafta, how are you? Oh, hi Shasha, how are you? I'm good, bro. Um, are you having a blessed day? I know you said it's long, but are you at least getting your stuff done? Uh, I'll get it done. Uh, it'll get done if it's taking long, but it'll get done. Okay. Did you yeah. travel safely back to Joburg? I did. I did. I did. I did. I did have a safe trip back. Thank you. Thank you. How was your day? Uh, my day is blessed. Although I've been sweating for the past thirty minutes because I have to talk to Mr. Jafta Mamabolo. So, yeah, I've been stressed about that. But What are you talking about? <laughs> We speak almost every day, so I don't understand. What... Yeah, so that makes no sense. <laughs> anyway, I know that you have a very limited time, so let's get on to it uh, without All any right. waste of time. So, my first question before I start with the serious questions is: Looking at what you've achieved so far, when you look yourself in the mirror in the morning, um, what do you mm-hmm. say to yourself? Um. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, it depends. It depends on the day and on how I wake up feeling. So I can't miss it because some days, you know, 
you wake you wake up and the imposter syndrome is having its way with you. Yeah. Some days, you know, are just tough days because it's just like, oh my goodness, COVID, not vaccinated, I'm stressed, whatever. Um, and then other days, it's just like, hey, I'm the man. Um, I can do anything that I set my mind to. Uh, I've proven it before and I'll prove it again. So, you know, it varies, it varies. And, you know, sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes you roll with the punches. Um, you know, you get what needs to get done, done. But, yeah, other days you just like, you take it easy. Um, you know, you lick your wounds a bit. Give yourself a bit of love because you deserve it too. Yeah. As much as you give it to other people. Um, yeah. And then you just get through it, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you're looking for me to like be like, um, I affirm myself and I'm like, oh, no, you know, royal death. Actually, I'm just like, nah. <laughs> no, that's that was perfect, actually. Perfectly what I was looking for. Oh, no. cool. okay. oh can I can I confess a weird thing that I do? Okay. So, like, okay. So, um, my friends think I'm narcissistic because. Um, I have a habit of singing love songs to myself in the mirror. But I'm like, I do that because, you know, because I have days where I'm just like, I feel like the world, the entire weight of the world is on my shoulders. Yeah. So like, yeah, so I'll literally like, you know, I'll sing to myself and I'll be like, okay, cool. And then, yeah, I don't know. That's actually, um, very, that's actually very cool. <laughs> it's very cool. It's very strange, though, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it we, works. We yeah. all have those habits that help us to get through the day. Like you said, once the yeah. one day at a time, and most days when you wake up, you just wanna, you know, something to help you get through the day, get you pumped yeah. for the day. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, I almost said this interview is over, but okay, let's get on to it. So <laughs> I just want to get to know a little bit more about your story. Uh, basically, we know you as a person who celebrated in South Africa, uh, but there are some questions that you know the internet can't can't answer, and that myself Mbui has. Um, so we know you from TV and falling in love with your work, um, but I just want to find out more about your upbringing. So, say you are a three-year-old to ten-year-old boy in Hamasemula in Limpopo. What is happening in your life? How is life in your family, in your community, and in your school at that time? Um, I was, well, I was born in a small village, it's called Maraganeng, okay. in, yeah, it's in, um, this Kukune area, uh, of Limpopo, so, but yeah, the region of Ramasimola, as you mentioned. So, yeah, it was, look, in hindsight, I realized, yeah, it wasn't exactly, we didn't exactly grow up are rich or even middle class. Like, we actually grew up poor. But, you know, as a kid, you don't realize that if the household is, is filled with love and, you know, your, 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 you know, your caretakers are doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, you never go to bed hungry and all those things. So you never notice it. But in hindsight, you're just like, yo, I don't know how we made it through. But, I'm grateful that we did. Um, so yeah, it was a very, it was a very small community, very like everyone knows everybody, everyone is in each other's business. Um, yeah, and then like, you know, there's, it's like 
very limited in terms of um, resources. Like there was one clinic for three villages, which were about, I'd say, 10 kilometers apart each. Um, there's one bus that only like travels on like Wednesdays and I think Fridays um, on gravel road. So you have to kind of plan according to that. Um, or you hike. Um, there's literally one high school and one primary school for, you know, for all three areas. So I remember my primary school started like, yeah, every day you'd be up by five and you make sure, in order to make sure that you get to school on time, because uh, it was like a, it was like a five, probably, I'm bad with distances, but like maybe a five, six, seven kilometer walk to school every day. So that's how we'd always have to do it, morning, evening. And then on top of that, you still got to do your schoolwork. You still got, still got to do all of that. But like I said, somehow you still didn't find a reason to complain because, you know, we were just, we were just happy kids. And we just thought we were normal kids doing what normal kids do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the fact that you talk about looking at this from the hindsight and how much it was a blessing to actually have that very normal life. And you didn't even realize the things that you lacked at the time. Um, now, yeah. you speak of coming from very humble beginnings. Um, and according to the information that I have, you started TV when you were only 11. Um, yes. We think of childhood TV dream as for people who are at the center of where it's all happening. So in South Africa, that will be in Joburg. How did you land your first TV role? Um, well, uh, my mother, when at the, turn of, um, at the turn of democracy, decided to join the South African army. So she, she joined the SANDF and she came, she trained, she moved to Johannesburg, she bought a house beside, so she brought us, her kids, along with her so that we could live with her, she could take care of us, she could send us to, you know, better schools and basically provide for us the opportunities that she was, she was denied because of, well, because of a party. So, yeah, so we moved to Johannesburg. Well, I moved to Gauteng. In 1995, and then I moved to Johannesburg, I'd say. Well, I first moved to Alex in 97, and then in 99, I moved to Soweto. So okay. when I, the year that I moved to Soweto, um, I started a new school, I remember. But before I started that school, I found the numbers for Urban Brew in the Yellow Pages. Um, so I called Urban Boo and I was like, yo, I want to be on your TV. How do you do this? One, two, three, four, five. Um, and they were like, they just were like, oh, come tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay. So I thought I was coming to audition. I was very excited. I got there and I was like, yeah, I should have realized that it was too good to be true because I was there to be an audience member. Um, but I was like, I was very irritated, but I was just like, look, it's cool. Um... I got to meet Spirit, I got to meet Mandisa, um, a few of the other presenters. Um, so that kind of made up for it. Um, so it was cool. Um, and then I remember Pire took a liking to me for some odd reason. Um, and we started talking and we had a chat. Um, and as we were having that chat, he, I asked him, um, how did you get to be on TV? Because like, I've always thought that I want to be on TV. I've never wanted to be a teacher. I've never wanted to be a lawyer. I've never wanted to be any of those things. Um, I've always wanted to be an actor. So how did you get to do it? 
Um, and he said, he introduced me to the production assistant and she explained everything to me. So she gave me the numbers for an agent and she was like, this is how you get the work. Uh, you have to have an agent and the agent sends you to auditions and then you audition and then we see who cost you or not. So I was like, okay, cool. I called the agent um, and then I had an appointment with my agent. My agent signed me up. I started going for auditions and 36 auditions and a year later, yeah, I got my first gig. <laughs> wow. You needed some, some patience um, and to be very resilient there. Um, so Yeah, no, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. So say that you always wanted to be on TV, even as a kid. Um, I know that one of the people that you looked up to, or that you look up to probably, is Whoopi Goldberg. Who are the some of the people that you looked up to at the time? Um, you know what? I've seen that article, and I don't know where that article comes from. <laughs> <laughs> but although I do, I do, I do love Whoopi though. But I always say because people always ask me who my favorite actor is and all that other stuff. Yeah, and I'm like because I consume so much. Uh, film and media. I don't necessarily have one favorite performer. You have favorite performances. So, okay. for example, uh, Monique's performance in Precious is okay. one of my favorite performances of all time. Even Gabrielle City Bear's uh, performance as Precious is one of my favorite performances of all time. Then we'll have uh, Joaquin Phoenix in her. That's one of my favorite performances of all time. Um, and then also Joaquin Phoenix again in The Joker. And then maybe we have Jamie Foxx in Ray. That's one of my favorite performances of all time. Um, and then I'm forgetting some. I'm forgetting a lot right now. Oh, um, then uh, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. That is an incredible, mind-blowing performance. In, in fact, that entire cast in here just knocked the the ballpark. Josh Brolin, all of them. Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, incredible performances. So that's, I mean, I think you can even hear yeah, I'm getting excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, so so I have favorite performances rather than favorite actors and actresses. Okay. So, yeah, so that's more how it is for me. And Whoopi's performance in The Color Purple is one of my favorite performances of all time. I still feel like she deserved an Oscar for that. She really but, did. You she know, really did. She really did. She really did. Um, but, you know, um, it went to Geraldine Page, so I suppose that's some sort of small consolation for me, although I still think it was Whoopi's year. Yeah. No, she really did. Yeah. And I think with the with the yeah. roles that you mentioned, the two stand out for me, Jeremy Fox in Ray um, mm-hmm. and Whoopi uh-huh. in The Color Purple. Those Ooh. stand out for me. So, now mm. that we know that you auditioned a lot, and then you have favorite yeah. performances and what not after your first tv show what encouraged you to stay in media um and um what would you say were the, some of the challenges that you came across especially as a kid in the entertainment industry um after my first tv show what encouraged me to uh stay on in the in the media like as as in continue yes um i mean like i said um it's it's definitely the fact that i've always known and i think the mere fact that I had to go through 36 auditions because I counted because I wanted it that badly. Yeah. Um, before I actually started getting cast in things, um, I knew I really wanted it. I've always known that this is all that I want. Um, come 
hell or high water. This is this is my life. This is my life's ambition, and I feel like this is my life's purpose. So, you know, after the first bit, booking the first gig, I was like, okay, this is confirmation. Even though I wasn't even booked to do what is necessarily my first choice, because it was a TV show, but I was booked to sing. Okay. Um, it, yeah, they picked someone else to host the show. Um, I was picked as as one of um, the singers for the show. There's some kids school team. Um, kids show on school TV called Tula Nati. Um, it was almost like Fundani Nati, but the singing version of it. So, yeah, anyway. Um, so after that, I was just like, okay, um, I got a taste of the camera. Um, yeah, and I was just like, I love doing this. Because I was just like, under normal circumstances, you know, I'm... I'm very wary of people, I'm shy, I'm to myself, but I don't know, as soon as the camera comes on in front of me, I can basically become anyone that I want to be. Um, and I get to do it convincingly, so that's, that's fun. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's very interesting for me, as to how you can yeah. be a shy person, but do what you do in front of the camera. Um, I now, don't know, I don't know. <laughs> it, must be, it must be like that, can I be on TV on such a fifth? Yeah, <laughs> I, I maybe it's something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because something because I black out. I I completely black out until I hear cut. So I do my own thing, and then when I hear cut, that's when I snap back to you know to being myself. Even okay. with like heavily intense emotional scenes, I'm just like as soon as they say cut, it's like back to normal, and people are just like they're a bit weird. Okay, that's not supposed to happen. But anyway, <laughs> that's really interesting. So now. Looking at your career, you've played some of the really interesting roles on TV. Um, and before we talk about two of the roles that really stood out for me, um, I want to know, um, the one thing that I think, um, that I feel that you almost tell yourself is that is not going, if it's not going to change a certain perspective and view, then I'm not going to take that role. What is the story behind the specific roles that you play and stories that you tell? Like, is there a decision-making um, process in terms of, okay, this is the role I want to play, this is the story I want to tell? Oh, yeah, yeah, most certainly. Um, I feel everyone has to be very intentional about the choices that they make, um, especially when it comes to work that you're trying to leave behind for, for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to be intentional, and it has to be work that speaks to you as well. Um, and look, if there are other people that are just like, yo, I'm for the bag first, I'll ask those questions later, it's cool. I don't knock anyone's hustle. Um, I'm just like, that's not, you know, that's not how I roll personally. Because I'm more like, I'm, I'm more about the essence of the story. And, you know, does the story serve a purpose? Does it propel anything forward? Is there an underlying message? Um, yeah, I, I, I like stories matter even if it seems trivial on the surface but you know when you sit back and and break it down and realize the impact you're actually like okay no that did something and also if it challenges me and it, it, it pushes me to improve myself and you know to possibly grow or make some mistakes pick myself up become better a better version of myself and the best version of myself um then cool um i'm, I'm like sure let's do it Okay, that's really, really interesting. Now I know. 
are you able to tell people why you play um role and something that's very interesting is also the fact that you are able to play the gangster the bad boy roles while you are the person that you are and i think that really speaks to your commitment to to the art now there are two roles that stood out for me that stand out for me um and i know that some other people will have other roles you firstly you played jabu on mutual friends um who was a trust fund baby very shy very quiet with a speech impediment um, who's trying to navigate the tertiary life. Uh, by the way, yeah. this is number two favorite role of mine that you've ever played. The first one is Freedom, but we'll All talk right. about that later. Now, oh, okay. <laughs> could okay. you relate in any way to that character, and what are some of the lessons that you could say you took from playing that role? Um, the character, yeah, Chabu. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I do relate to him, because like you mentioned, he has a certain vulnerability about him. Yes. Um, so, you know, I was able to borrow those sorts of elements from myself. Um, he's not really a guy with hard corners and a guy with a hard exterior. So I was like, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a part of me. Um, and the speech impediment thing, it was just, it, it was interesting because I, Because, you know, I just, it, it, for me, like communication is one of the most fundamental things that, that, that you can have. And, and it's, I, I find it might be so challenging, like going through your life where you, you always have to second guess yourself before you think, or I mean, before you speak or before, before you get to communicate with people, because you know, you're just worried about how you're going to come off sounding or is it going to sound convincing or people don't necessarily take you seriously just because of that. Um, you know, it happens to us in jail where because also we worry like as black people, if we walk into certain spaces, are we going to be welcomed? Are we going to be, you know, taken on merit or are people simply going to dismiss our value based on the color of our skin? Yeah. It, you know, it happens in... In, in those types of instances. So, yeah, he has a lot of elements where I could relate to him. Um, with regards to the trust fund thing and the entitled thing where he feels like he deserves certain people just because he's a nice guy, no. Uh, I think we draw the line there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's cool. No one's perfect. I still love my boy. Okay. Um, and your yeah. movie that's currently streaming um, on Box Office. By the way, I watched yes. the movie twice the second time without pausing and crying because the first time was just oh. too much um oh my god <laughs> honestly i watched it the first time and i had to pause it several times and then i had to watch it the second day without you know all the tears and whatnot um incredible performance uh incredible storyline <clears throat> and um i read somewhere that this story specifically was inspired by real life struggles of student on student loans uh especially when yes. you moved to harangua some time ago. Yes. Um, yeah. Having grown up on TV, one would think that you would have it easy and be quite oblivious of other people's struggles and so on. But you seem to have this deep connection with everyone, regardless of their position in the society. Now, my question becomes, mm. why was it important for you to tell this story of freedom and tell it the way you did? Um, one, it's, you know... I don't, I'm not necessarily one of those 
Like I always, and I, and yes, I will be the first to, to concede that this sounds incredibly pretentious and it might be. Um, but I, I kind of try to shy away from the whole culture and the whole cult of celebrity because I just feel like it, it, it sometimes takes away from the art and it takes away from the work. Yeah. So, you know, I try to be, I try to be as normal and as down as possible. And also because of the country that we live in, because we live in South Africa, you know, you, sometimes you're kind of forced to be as normal and as down as possible because, you know, the truth is our actors don't get paid that much. So we can't really live isolated reality. Yeah. Um, you have people that are on some of the, on some of the highest rated shows in this country um, who, despite having, ha having acted for, for decades, you know, are still struggling make ends meet till this day or, or still can't you know are still hoping or one day i can afford a bond or something like that or praying that they don't end up as one of those actors who need um you know a public funeral or something like that yeah so yeah it's one of those real you you really can't be divorced from the realities just because you know you have a bit of popularity the popularity doesn't exempt you from what happens. You, it might give you a bit of intubation, yes. Um, and yes, it gives you a level of privilege that's not afforded to ordinary citizens. And it gives you a level of access that's definitely not afforded to, to ordinary citizens. But apart from that, when we still speak about like, you know, the quality of life, though, um, it's, still, it's still pretty much the same. And when it's in your face every day, and when a lot of, a lot of people come to you because they they feel like, you know, because maybe you're on TV, that means you figured out the way out or you figured out a solution to all of the problems. You know, people often come to you like, you know, you know it's like when when people would write to Selima Tunji saying, hey, I need help with this or I need help with that or whatever. Like, those things are, it's, it's all very hard to ignore. So yeah. it just didn't make sense not to, not to use the platform that I've been given to tell a story that's actually gonna gonna make a difference and hopefully hopefully help someone, even if it's just one person. Doesn't matter. Thank you. You told that story very beautifully and I like the fact that you are very grounded. Um very grounded and also in touch with the real life stories, regardless of the position that you are in. Uh when I started here I was like I don't think you realize the magnitude of your name, uh, but I think it also goes down to the fact that you're a very humble and a very grounded um, person. Now, you wear a lot of hats. Uh, you are a writer, producer, actor, director, and now uh, a senior, you hold a senior position, rather, in a film production company. Congratulations on that, by the way. Um, Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Now, literally felt so emotional when you announced this because you, you said a kid with a dream from Hamasemula Limbobo. And by any measure, one would say that you are a very successful person in your career, but I also know that this is probably just the beginning for you. At the moment, what would you say is your dream? What do you still want to achieve? Oh, I've, I've always just had one dream. And it's the, like, okay, Look, I don't think it's going to be the apex of what I want to accomplish, but I feel like it's going to represent a lot because um, 
at the risk of being long-winded, I don't want to, I don't want to pin, you know, my entire life's meaning to one single moment. Yeah. So if I say, because I'm obviously going to say I want to win an Oscar. Yeah. Um, but if I just, if I just pin it down to that, it's going to be like, you know, okay, I won the Oscar and then what next? Because then that means my life is going to be meaningless afterwards. Yeah. So it's what, it's what winning that Oscar will represent and the kinds of doors that it will open, um, not just for me, but like for, for, for all my people like back home, it's, it's going to be so, like it'll, it'll knock down the door. It's like firstly, when Charlize went through, it opened up, you know, um, it opened up, it opened up a door to a certain level yeah. and totally happened and then more doors were opened. And then, you know, we started seeing it happening more gradually. And then as more Trevor went in and penetrated, all of a sudden, now it's just like one after the other. Yeah. Um, and even even South Africans who weren't born here but have South African links. I mean, you've got Doja Cat right now, Randy Lith, I mean, um, you know, who's like the biggest female rapper in the world right now. Um, and then you've got Gugumba Taro, who's the female lead in Loki, which is, you know, the new Marvel, big, 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 big series. And I'm just like, yo, um, it's, it's that Africa's time to shine. So I just, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, continue to kick those doors open so that we basically, we basically overtake that entire place. To the okay. point where, like, it's no longer Hollywood and Tsumsanzi or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. No, I think yeah. you are doing well with your work ethic um, and the way you push. I, I think I look at people and study their careers. And I think what, what, your career is one of those that I've studied over the years and looked at the amount of work that you put in. Uh, and I'm really inspired by that. And I know that because of the work that you put in, the recognition will come sooner or later. But eventually, I know Thanks. that you will get there. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, <laughs> You know, you welcome, bro. Now, in between 2015 or thereabout, mm-hmm. in 2018, you disappeared for a while. Um, I mm-hmm. want to assume that we're working on a specific project, uh, specifically because after that, Freedom came out. Um, but were you taking a space away from the entertainment industry or were you working on something at that time? Um, I was working on the film, largely. Okay. So, yeah, it's, um, it's painstaking. It's madness. Choosing to do this line of work is, is complete and utter madness. You have to be absolutely in love with it because it demands so much of you, uh, not just emotionally and eventually physically, but it demands a lot of you financially as well. Because, you know, you have to make a lot of sacrifices for a dream yeah. that you're not necessarily sure anyone else believes in. You kind of have to go, oh, well, it's having, if I don't believe in myself, who's going to believe in me? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So I was making this phone. Um, it was a process and a half, but hey, we're here. And we are here. So, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you very much for that investment and those sacrifices. Because even if you didn't do that, we wouldn't have uh, freedom today, which is a masterpiece, I have to say. <clears throat> I now, appreciate that. Thank you so much. I know that you have to move into a meeting, so I have two last questions for you. The, yeah. the first one is, you've been in this industry for over 20 years now, um, mm-hmm. and I know that you still look 21, but hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
as a, as a person who celebrated, celebrated by a thousand people, what are some of the key lessons that you've learned over the years about life, about career, about friendships, about anything really? Um, you know, I'm, it's, it's not, I want to, I'd like to pretend like I've always known this, but it's something I'm still kind of getting a grip of. And it's just like, ah, man, not to take everything personally. Um, like even for example, with my line of work, let's say because I'm a creative and because creativity is such a personal thing, yeah. um, to paraphrase Erica Badu, um, if you watch the, you know, that song Tyrone, the live performance, um, before she, uh, she starts singing, she says, keep in mind, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish. Um, so she was basically just saying to the audience, I wrote this song yesterday. I'm sensitive about it. Um, so, so, you know, um, I just learned not to let take things so personally because I'm just like, um, sometimes I'm, I'm not for everyone and that's okay. I don't have to be for everyone. I think because I started being such an overachiever at such a young age. I've al- I always felt like I needed to impress everyone and be everything to everyone at all times. Um, and you take up so much energy, like just giving and giving and giving and trying to give what you think people want when in fact all people really want is you um, as you are. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm getting a bit deep, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much. That is That is quite valuable. I'm actually thinking about it now. Um, and trying to reflect on the authenticity part of it uh, in terms of not giving too much that you also lose yourself. Um, And the last question then is, with everything said and done, how would you like to be remembered? Um... I want to be... Wow, I actually haven't given that much thought. I think I've been giving so much thought to all the things that I want to do that I really haven't given thought to what I want to look back at and see. But, you know, because um, because of the times and the socio-political um, climate that I was born in, I feel like leaving a legacy um, one that ensures comfort, access, um, and basically, you know, a foot up this ladder and, and, and a seat at this proverbial big table that, you know, that we all want to, one, we, that we've all been trying to sit at for so long. I want to, yeah, I'd love to leave that behind for my family, for the people that I care for, and for South Africans and Black people in general. I'm very passionate about about the liberation, the complete liberation of Black people. Because I know somebody might say, well, what do you mean Black people are free? But I'm just like, yeah, but, you know, we still have all these rules that ensure that we're not entirely um, playing on a level playing field. So... I just want people to, to leave us alone um, and let us do our thing and stop bothering us um, so that we can flourish. 
that's literally all I want. I just want greatness for black people. And if I can look back at the end of my life and be like, yo, um, I helped such and such many people create legacy, even that will go on to help their families and their families' families for generations to come. If I can look back and be like, okay, I had, a, I had some part in that, then I'm going to be like, yo, whoo. And if I have a shiny couple of Oscar statuettes to show for it at the end, even better. So, yeah. Wow. I'm really, really taking that in. Um, living that legacy of saying you've liberated a lot of people. And I think it also speaks to the work that you're doing. Um, when you're busy saying this, I was also looking at some of the roles that you played in terms of ensuring that you liberate or rather you present a certain perspective to what we already know so that we look at things yeah. from a different perspective. And I think you're doing that so well. Thank you very much. Um, and I know that you are on your way to the stars. Just keep putting in the work and inspiring people like me who may not be creatives, but who would also want to leave that legacy of ensuring that we open up opportunities as well for other black people. Yeah. Most definitely, most certainly. Thank you so much, man. Thank you very much, bro, thank for you. your time. And I know I chowed some of your time because you have to move into the next meeting, it's but right. thank you very much for right. sparing right. some minutes for me. I really yeah, appreciate it. And by the way, I've, it's, it's all right. I've, it's all good, man. Thank you for having me. And, I, and I've been meaning to ask, which name do you prefer to go by? Is it, is it Shadrach or is it Mbui? Mbui is my preferred one. Oh, Mbu is your preferred one. Okay, yes. so you've been letting me you've been letting me call you Shadrach for months without saying anything. <laughs> no, it's fine because it's you, and also okay, it's not just you. No, a lot of a lot, a lot of creatives are like Shadrach. I'm like, okay, maybe that's easier for them. So I'm just gonna. Oh no, them. I just. Oh, okay, no, 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 no. It'll be Mbu for now. Okay, that's thank you very much, bro. Right. Really appreciate cool your stuff. time. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too, man. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank. And that was Jafta Mamabole, South African actor, producer, director, writer, and all in all, Mr. Media All-Rounder. He wears many hats, and I have to give it to him. He's doing everything so well. I just want to reflect a bit on the conversation that we had um, with him. He said that he attended 36 auditions, and a year later then, he got his first gig. This right here is the story of patience resilience and persistence and being able to have a vision so clear about that one dream that you have and just to add on to that it's also understanding that every rejection is not an indefinite no but rather um, a call for you to go back and reflect um, and come back stronger more knowledgeable and obviously with a better craft and when you get that one yes um, use it to open doors for you and use it because, like he said, it is a confirmation of a lifelong ambition that it can really be a reality. And for him, he never looked back after that. And when it comes to the work that you do, always remember to be very intentional about the work that you do. Like he said, he's very intentional about the work that he does because he's going to look back at that. It's the work that he's going to leave behind. So make sure that the work that you do is the work that you're proud of. The work that when you look back at 
10 years from now or 20 years from now when you're long, no longer there that the people will still be marveling at the values at the principle at your work ethic and basically at what you contributed in making sure that you make a difference and one of the things that he said when I asked about the roles that is played so far, if you look at um, his story and the roles that is played so far on television in film, he said, I like stories that matter, the stories that change a specific perspective, the stories that tell the story of an ordinary person like freedom. And when we're given any platform, be it in media or anywhere, always remember to use that platform to make a difference in other people's lives, like he said. One of the things, though, that grabbed me from this entire conversation is when he said, building a dream requires and demands a lot, not only emotionally, but financially as well. And you have to sacrifice a lot for a dream that you aren't even sure that other people believe in. And you have to believe in yourself, because if you don't, who will? Who will? And with all the years that he's invested in his craft, he says, don't take yourself too seriously. And remember not to give too much that you lose yourself in the process. And from this conversation, I think one thing that we can agree on is that you need to remember to be very, very humble and very kind, regardless of how much you accomplish in this life. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with my favorite person on earth. I have to repeat that. Remember, you can stream the movie still. Um, it's Freedom on Box Office. It's available until September 2021. Remember, you can find Jafta Mamabolo as Jafta Mamabolo on Twitter and on Instagram. I am Bui Shadrach across all social media platforms. When we started there, the intro, you have a very beautiful voice um, of a gentleman that is very close to my heart. His name is Sinemuvuyo Mpulu. He's a voiceover artist. You can find him on Twitter as Sinemuvuyo M as well as on Instagram. On TikTok, he's Sine, the voice artist. Get in touch with all of us and let's continue these conversations that matter. My name is Mboi Shadrach, the resurrection of hope, deep-rooted in humility. 9870 bathed me and made me the citizen of the world. Until next time, stay true to yourself and remember that the story that you were born into is just the foundation for your greatness. The real picture is much, much bigger. Much love. <laughs>